Hello, my friends. I'm so excited that you're here to join in with us for our Lunchtime with God teaching. It is my prayer that through this teaching, you'll have the principles, tools, and concepts to live your better life now. I want you to always remember, it was God who created your life, but it's up to you to create the level of your living. And today, with this teaching, you'll be able to allow the information to be application that you can demonstrate a life of manifestation all for your better. For more information about our ministry, visit us online at betterlifeseeker.com. Again, that's betterlifeseeker.com. Or you can call us at 1-877-708-BETTER. That's 1-877-708-2388 or the word better to, to talk with someone concerning your better life and your better life experience. Stay tuned. It's going to be a powerful teaching that we're excited to bring before you because we know that you're going to be blessed by what you hear and what from this point on, what you're able to do. Have a great way. Bless you, saints, brothers and sisters. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. Good afternoon and welcome. Thank you for joining us on our Lunchtime with God. We appreciate you taking the time to be with us as you feed your spirit while on your lunch while on your lunchtime. We thank you again and we ask that you be prepared with your Bibles, notebooks and stands to take notes as our spiritual leader and teacher, Pastor Adrian A. L. Blue, comes with today's message, I am changing everything from my perspective. However, in the meantime, between time, our worship leader, Sister Erica White, will come with and come and set the atmosphere for prayer with the song Holiness. Thank you again for joining us. Those who are here for the first time and those who are returning, we welcome each and every one who's on the line. Thank you, Sister Erica. You may go ahead. Thank you, Paula, for that introduction. Good afternoon, everyone from the Better Life, Better Life Seekers. This is Sister Erica from Orlando, Florida. It's an honor and a privilege to be here with you all this afternoon. And as Pastor goes forth with his message on changing your perspective, this is a form of holiness that he is teaching us. Um, the song that I'm about to sing, it references changing our mind changing our hearts, and changing our will to conform it to the Lord's. Amen? It talks about being brokenhearted before the Lord. So when we go before him, we can ask him to do these things for us with a sincere heart. Amen? So let's prepare our hearts as we enter the presence of God. Amen. Holiness, holiness is what I long for. Holiness is what I need. Holiness, holiness is what you want for me. For 
what I long for. Holiness is what I need. Oh, oh, holiness, holiness is what you want for me. Righteousness, righteousness is what I long for. Righteousness is what I need. Righteousness, righteousness is what you want for me. So take my heart and mold it. Take my mind, transform it. Take my will and transform it to yours, to yours, oh Lord. Brokenness, brokenness is what I long for. Brokenness is what I need. Brokenness, brokenness is what you want for me. For me. So take my heart. And molded, take my mind, transform it, take my will, conform to
Just what you want for me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, God, for commanding us to be holy, Father. <laughs> Excuse me. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to enter into your presence with a contrite heart, Father. Lord, we thank you for being God Almighty, for being all-knowing, God. You see all, you know all, God. We thank you for the opportunity to be able to come before you, Father, with our petitions, Father, with our hearts, God. And we thank you for being our provider. And, Lord, as the man of God comes, Father, we thank you for him. We thank you for Pastor Blue and for his teachings, God, that are inspire us, God, that motivate us to go to the next level, Father. Lord, I ask you to bless him, bless the works of his hands, God. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. God bless each and every one of you. Thank you so much, Sister Erica, for leading us inside of that time of worship. Holiness is what God longs for us. And holiness simply means set aside for a special purpose. When we are holy, we understand that we, we live our lives in a way that God not only gets the glory, but we walk in the victory. How many of you are ready to walk in victory today? How many of you are really serious about succeeding in the Father. Well, if that's the case, today you're going to be blessed by today's teaching as we close out our series that we've been dealing with, uh, dealing with on changing my perspective. We've made a declaration in 2019 that 2019 changes everything. Well, that's just not a blanket statement. That is a statement that encompasses a plethora of different areas of our life that we must change if we're going to experience change. Remember this, anytime God gets ready to change a circumstance, he never changed the circumstance first. He changed the person in the circumstance. Then, together, you and God changes that circumstance together. Now, please be, be not dismayed. Don't be discouraged. But understand that is the plan of God, that we work with him. And we're going to be looking at that, how to change today your perspective as it relates to your life. Because I believe God is up to something major this year for those who believe. Did you hear what I said? For those who believe, God is up to something major. And it is our, our excitement to be guides for you on this journey as you've experienced your better life, not in 10 years, but your better life now. And it starts with today. So join us. We thank God for each and every one of you. We thank God for you joining in with us. Again, I'm Pastor A.L. Blue of the Better Life Empowerment Movement, and I'm excited, super excited, at what you're going to become as we hear and study together the Word of God uh, in truth. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. I want you to get your Bibles, your pens, your papers. Get all those things ready. Take notes today, because I guarantee you, what you learn today, you'll be able to apply to your life for a better tomorrow. And we all want that. Let's get started. Father, bless now this time. Bless this experience. Bless this movement. For those who are listening by way of Periscope, we welcome them. Those who are, are, are listening by way of conference line, we thank God. Thank you for them. And Lord God, we also thank you for the revelation we are going to acquire as a result of us understanding the plan that you have for our lives. 
Now, God, as we look at the area of perspective, help us, Lord God, to see the unfolding of everything you desire to take place in our lives. And, God, we thank you today that we got the victory. We thank you today that we shall succeed, that all that is possible for anyone is possible for us. And it's only a matter of our perspective. Father, thank you for revelation knowledge. Thank you for essential truth that you'll go forth today. In Jesus' mighty name, we give you the praise, and we give you the glory. And the people of God says, thank God, amen, and amen. Thank God, amen, and amen. Well, today, my brothers and sisters, sons and daughters, I'm going to be dealing with the area of perspective. Perspective is so important because perspective allows us to understand that how we view a thing is not necessarily all the time what it is. It is the angle in which you're seeing it. Now, please understand, in, in a, a science called neuro-linguistic programming, for short called NLP, uh, there is what is called the map is not the territory. This concept of the map not being the territory simply means that you can see a thing that is very different than it actually is. As a person who travels for ministry quite often, expanding the Better Life Empowerment Movement nationwide, it is oftentimes that as I'm driving down the highway, following the instructions from Google Maps, that there are times that because the maps are not as updated as it should be, that certain roads are cut off. Certain roads are redeveloped. Now, because the map does not reflect what is happening in real time, if I follow the map alone, I will find myself in a ditch. But when I begin to understand that the map is only a representation of a point of view of the journey, then I'm able to understand that what I see is not all that there is. I'm talking to somebody already. You've been looking at your life. You've been looking at where you come from, what you've been through, all the things you've encountered in 2018. And you've been coming to the conclusion that this is all it is. And I'm here to tell you that things are beyond what you thought. Things can be better than what you've experienced. But you have to change your perspective. Now, again, remember this. A perspective is an outlook. It's a point of view. It's a sense. It's a way of belief because everyone is different. We all have different ways of viewing things. Sometimes when we discuss things with others, they may say, well, that's your perspective. But what is perspective? And what can the Bible teach us about perspective? What is perspective and what's this? Perspective in very simple terms, write this down, means the way in which things are viewed. That's simply it. It's a way of regarding situations, a way of understanding facts. It's a way of judging uh, the relative importance of a situation or a circumstance based upon your outlook, your attitude, or what you're experiencing at this time. And I'm here to tell you that please understand in life there is no such thing as a good situation or a bad one. It is only the meaning you give it. So if you're having issues inside of your marriage, it's not necessarily a bad time of your life. It could be a refocusing time. It could be a relearning moment. It could be a re-engaging opportunity that you are able to re-engage your mate 
at a whole nother perspective than when you first got married. My point is this. Please understand there's, that you are the one that gives meaning to what you're going through. If you feel like things won't get right, things won't change, things won't become better, then guess what? The meaning you give it is what will be the situation. But if I can change my perspective and learn to see things as God sees them. See, the Lord knew what would happen when Noah built the ark and what was going to happen with the flood. Noah could have been thinking, it's the end of the world. That's it. Everything is going to be gone and done. But God had a plan that when Noah built the ark, to preserve him and his family, to reestablish a new covenant upon a new earth. Now, if no one did not see it God's way, no one would have been faced with the, the, the symptom of suicide. Because one of the reasons why people give up on life is because they don't see a way out. They don't see a way over. And I'm here to tell you that the scriptures show us over and over again that there are benefits to being a believer that can bring you beyond and through what you've gone through. And I'm here to tell somebody today that God has a plan beyond what you thought. He has a plan beyond what you've ever experienced. And we got to learn, and that's why I'm teaching you this, how to change your perspective if you're going to have a better life. Now, listen to this. I want you to hear me very carefully that we often hear sayings such as the long run or can't see the forest for the trees, or stumble at the straw, or trade off the orchard for an apple, or one Christ used for himself. Christ said, strain at a gnat, but swallow a camel. These are expressions is what validates the fact of the different individual views uh, of different circumstances in which they're going through, or how different perspectives uh, tend to take root inside of the person who understands things in a different way. See, in the 8th chapter of the Gospel according to Mark, that's Mark the 8th chapter, we find one of the many miracles of our Lord Jesus as he heals, listen to this, a blind man from Bethesda. From this brief account, we can learn much about having the right perspective. The first thing we see is a man who's blind. Often, physical blindness in the Bible often represents uh, or is representative of being unsaved or spiritually blind. I'll say that again, write it down, this will help you. When you look inside of the scripture and you see somebody who's physically blind, this often has a a representation rather, of being uh, unsaved or spiritually blind. However, those who met Christ not only received their sight, but also their salvation as well. We see that according to John, the ninth chapter, Verses 35 to 41. However, those who are blind have no spiritual perspective at all. Jesus himself turns to the Pharisees and he calls them blind leaders of blind uh, 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 people. Now, what does that mean? Blind leaders of blind. See, the Apostle Paul also warned us in Ephesians to be no more children tossed to and fro carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby men wait in, uh, lie in wait to deceive. Now, what that is being said is that we that are saved must be careful not to allow our perspective to be formed or influenced by those who are blind. 
in essence of love, you got to be careful who you listen to. you got to be careful what you plug into. You cannot be a person that is listening to everyone, hearing all things, being around even all teachings. Because one, one, one thought, school of thought would teach you, you can make it. The other thought, school of thought would teach you, just hold on and believe God, and one day, somehow, he's going to work it out. One school of thought would tell you that when you do the possible, God does the impossible. Another school of thought would tell you to stand still and just wait on the Lord. Now, my point is this. If you don't understand how to view things from God's perspective, if you are following individuals who speak against your better, then better will never be your experience. I'm always careful about teaching to tell people uh, 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 to be careful listening to this person. People often think because you are on TV or because you have a ministry that is being seen by all that you have the truth in your mouth, and that is totally not the case. Many people who are on television are on television because they got ministry supporters who help finance them to be on television. But a person can be sincerely wrong as they can be sincerely right. So you cannot look at their sincerity as being the often uh, end result of what's going on. Because just like the Pharisees of Jesus' day, there are oftentimes Pharisees of today who are blind leaders of the blind. But how do we know if we're following or listening to that which is right? By it lining up with the Word of God. See, you must understand that the Word is the final authority. Anytime you are part of a ministry that is leading you in biblical truth, and when I say biblical truth, I'm talking about the words of Christ. I'm talking about the direction of Jesus to lead you to a place of freedom. When you're able to see that, then you're able to recognize that you're part of something that can produce results in your, results in your life because you're following the principles of Christ. And that's the key thing. He who follows the principles will produce the results. If you don't know the principles, but you're trying to get at it. See, often I grew up in ministry very at a young age. Uh, literally, I started preaching at the age of 19 or 17 years old. I was licensed into ministry, ordained at age 19, uh, and I started passing my first church at the age of 20. And uh, please understand, in all these years of doing ministry and preaching, I've come to find out that there are individuals who spend a lot of time getting, uh, seeking people's circumstance, but never giving them the principles to get out of it. You might have been inside of a service where you heard somebody speak, and they're telling you, have you ever been in a situation with this or that, and you jump up and say, yes, sure enough, that's right. But the reality is, if you don't give me principles to become better than I used to be yesterday, then what's the purpose of you telling me where I am? I know where I am. I just need to know how to get out. Somebody say amen. I believe that we are in a time and inside of a season where God is bringing us to the point where he's exposing the truth to give us the ability to get out of the stagnations of what we were, of what we were in. And this is why this is an important time to really understand what is your perspective. Because many of you are looking at your life as being half empty. You're recognizing that you're in your 50s or you're in your 40s or you're in your 60s and, and you haven't accomplished everything you want. So you feel like this is as good as it gets and it can't get no better. Well, let me give you a different perspective. 
inside of the Word of God, we see in the Old Testament there's a declaration that better is the end of a thing from the beginning. In that sense, when you change your perspective, you begin to recognize that my life can and will get better because God is doing a work within me. And I'm here to tell somebody with everything inside of me, your perspective is everything. Because if you believe that 2019 will be the year that changes everything, then this will be your experience. On the other end, if you believe that this is no different than the previous year, or the year previous to that, or the year previous three times to that, then you will be rehearsing over and over and over again, based on your perspective, the same experiences you had yesterday. Now, let me give you a scientific fact. It is a known fact that every 11 months, Every cell in your body rejuvenates. It regenerates. That means we literally become a new person every year. So why is it that there are people who were sick last year, who are sick this year, who may be sick next year? Because every time every cell in your body rejuvenates or regenerates, therefore the thought patterns are then carried over onto the new body system. And when the mindset, which is bitter, comes into a new body, which has now been regenerated according to how God created us, we then begin to imprint all the negativity from yesterday into our tomorrow. Did you hear what I just said to you? Are you listening? Are you following me? I'm here to tell somebody that if you don't like what you've been experiencing, then certainly you can change it by changing your perspective. Because when I understand that I'm not the same person I used to be 10 years ago. I won't let folks try to hold me according to the folk of my yesterday. I walk in the joy of my tomorrow because I'm only getting better. I wish I had somebody who can slap five with somebody or lift your hand and declare in the atmosphere, I'm only getting better. Every time you make a mistake, every time things don't go your way, every time the enemy tries to tell you this is it, I want you to respond, I'm only getting better. And when you can come to the place of declaring, I'm only getting better, therefore, the enemy no longer has power or authority over you the way he used to, because guess what you're doing? You're changing your perspective. Now, watch this, because I need you to understand. Paul says, he says, be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine. In essence, don't be so quick to change your perspective, because this person said that, or that person said that. You must build your perspective on the foundation of the Word, on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Because in the story of Mark, the ninth chapter, the Lord Jesus takes this blind man and he leads him out of town where he touches him and asks him, what do he see? Now, you must understand the reason why Jesus had to lead the blind man out of town is I believe he had to get him out of his environment. Oftentimes, a person cannot see better if you're constantly around bitter. If you're always around negative people, if you're always around te people telling you you'll never be it, you'll never do it, you'll never have it, then it is very difficult for you to believe the opposite of what you're constantly hearing. Think about this in case study. Think about this in case point, rather. Understand that before you knew who you were by name, somebody had to keep calling you in. And essentially, you embraced it. Before you knew you was a John, you were just a child. And the more and more your parents kept saying, John, John, J, 
Johnny. John, John, you then begin to embrace it, and John is who you become. What are you saying? I'm saying that what you are constantly around is what you eventually become. This is why I don't roll with everybody. This is why I don't have a consortium of friends, but I, I stick with a very select few of people who believe that, that anything is possible. People who believe that they can do all things through Christ who strengthens them. Why? Because what I'm constantly around is what I'll eventually become. And when you're around people like the Better Life Movement, you are then begin to be downloaded on a weekly basis, a daily basis, doses of better into your spirit. Well, before you know it, you're going to think possibility instead of being stuck in your actuality. Am I talking to anybody? You're going to start saying, whoa, I can do it, I can become it, and it can be me. And because of that, you're going to start seeing the results in your life. Why? Because you found yourself being taken out of your environment. This is what Jesus did with this man. He took him out of his of his of the city. And when he took him out of the city, of the town rather, he touched him. And he asked him, What did he see? Now interesting enough, the man responds, I see men as trees walking. Even though Christ touched him, his vision was not yet what it needed to be. He was no longer blind, but he now had a blurred perspective. And I believe from this story, Jesus is teaching us that even though you could be on the right path, even though you could be in the right place, your perspective can still be blurred. Well, how do we deal with a blurred perspective, Pastor? Because if 2019 is going to be my year, if it's going to be the year I win, the year I get it in, the year I step to the top, the year I don't stop, how do I change my blurred perspective? And I want you to hear me. It's the same for many Christians as it was for this blind man. See, we have met the Lord. He has touched our lives. Yet our vision or perspective isn't what it should be. Now, I want to give you a few examples from the scriptures uh, on how uh, you can have a blurred vision as a Christian. And as we give these examples, then I'm going to give you some principles according to Scripture on how you can rise above that blurred perspective. Now, the first thing you must understand is that as a Christian, when our vision is blurred, we witness the blurring effects of vision uh, based on discouragement, even in the life of Elijah. See, Elijah, the great Old Testament servant and prophet of God, had a great victory for the Lord on Mount Carmel. You remember Mark Carmel when, when he began to, to fight against all the other uh, false prophets of the land, and he, they began to do a contest of who God will answer uh, by, by fire, and, and of course he won, because the true living God that he was serving literally began to be upon him. However, in the next chapter, after the great victory that Elijah had, he was so discouraged that he wished for his life to be over. That's why you heard me, the man of God, the prophet Elijah, after done such, such a great work for the Lord, in just one chapter later, he found himself thinking about suicide, wishing his life could be over, all because of discouragement. Discouragement is a way to blur your vision. Why? Why is it a way to blur your vision? Because when we begin to view things through the, the, the sight of discouragement, 
uh, therefore, you start feeling as if nothing will ever happen. I'll never be rich. I'll never be wealthy. I'll always be broke. I'll never be married. I'll never find the right one. I'll never have somebody who believes in me for me. I'll never, listen, when you get to that place of discouragement, please hear me. Discouragement will literally keep you from moving to your place of better. Because as one pastor uh, said it, and I heard him say it one time, and I'm going to uh, uh, share it with you today, he said, discouraged people always overstate their problems. If you are discouraged, you will always overstate your problems as if nothing can happen. Discouragement, write that down, is one way of having a blurred perspective. Another problem that tends to trouble our vision is disobedience. Write this down. Disobedience. See, when we realize that no one who is in violation of God's word and commands can see clearly, when we begin to understand that what disobedience does in our life, we can look at the life of Balaam. Balaam makes this very clear. It, as it was a donkey's vision that saved his life from destruction. See, the disobedient prophet Balaam could not even see the error of his ways. And we must be mindful to listen to those who God put in our life, not those who we choose, who God put in our life, if family or friends try to warn us of the error of our ways and we can't see it. It might be our vision that is just blurred because of our disobedience. Disobedience is literally, listen to me, and I, I'll give it to you in simple terms. Sin is rebellion. Rebellion is disobedience. Disobedience will always separate you from God. Whenever a person feels like they're backsliding or they're going away from God, I often counsel them and tell them, well, where have you disobeyed a principle of God? Disobedience can be in the area of your finances. Listen, you've got to understand, either you're going to be a kingdom giver or you're going to be a person who only focuses on themselves. And I guarantee you, when you disobey the principles of giving, as it relates to the things of God, that's supporting the kingdom of God through ministries like this, that's sowing seed, that's giving freely. Whenever you disobey, that's tithing and all these other things. You disobey, your vision becomes blurred. And God can give you a, the right perspective to see things getting better because you are too busy embracing the, the wrong one. Disobedience is a way of blurring your vision. Number, the third a way of blurring your vision is worldliness. Now, I want you to hear me very carefully when I talk about worldliness because I need you to understand this. Definitely, worldliness can blur our vision as Christians. As we look in the book of Colossians, we find Demas, who is a faithful companion of Luke, and the apostle Paul. And later, Paul tells Timothy that Demas has forsaken me. And he has loved the things of this present world. It is truly amazing that the Apostle Paul, one of the greatest Christians who has ever lived, lost a Christian friend to worldliness. This was somebody who journeyed with Paul, who served with Paul. There is a place in life where you can want the things of the world more than you want the things of God. Where you can want this, or you want that, or you want this, or that, or you understand. Now, there's a, I want you to recognize this. That you can be in God and have everything. I know some believers who are so wealthy, they are so well-to-do, that they don't even give a second thought about money. But guess what their heart is? On Christian kingdom building. 
Their heart is, all that I have is because the Lord has given unto me. Their wealth is a result of what God has done in their, in their lives by blessing their business, not by just giving the wealth. Get that out of your mind. Wealth will not just be given to you. you got to go forth, do the possible, as God then does the impossible. I know many people don't like that. I know that you just want to pray, and then God just works it out, and, and everything's okay. No, you got to get up. You've got to go out and carry out the assignment of your life. And as you carry out the assignment of your life, your prosperity will be a divine provision for your divine assignment. Because I do believe it's God's will for every person to be wealthy who is serving him. How else could you serve him if you're not? And listen to me. If your focus is on the house, the car, if your only mindset of when you get money, well, I, when I get my tax return, I'm going out to get this dress. I'm going out to buy that. I'm going out to do this. And your money has not been first. Well, let me first give God what is his before anything else. You may suffer from a bit of worldliness. And worldliness can blur your vision. It can blur you the same way it did with Demas. When Demas, uh, uh, Paul's friend, who was with Paul, Paul was the author of two-thirds of the New Testament. Demas, who was with him, through many miracles and many evangelistic journeys, then abandoned him by loving this present world. And I want you to understand that we as Christians must keep a long-term perspective and not sacrifice the internal on the altar of the temporal. What do I mean by that? That you must understand that God has no problem with you having the mansion. He has no problem with you having the luxury car. He has no problem with you having more money than you can spend. But he just want to make sure that if you are in that position, your heart is, what can I do for the kingdom of God? How can I help others know the truth of Jesus Christ? And if you're unwilling to go, who can you help finance to go for you? And that's why people give to ministry. So you got to tend not let your worldliness and the things that you want, the Louis Vuitton or the Louboutins or, or the Red Bottoms, or come on, talk back to me. You can't let the things you want, the Toomies or, or this and that, be the thing that holds you back from giving your all unto the Lord. Because one thing I found out, when God gives you wealth, no one can take it away. But when you try to build it alone away from God, at one moment, what was temporal can be temporal. Are you hearing what I'm saying here? So we got to understand. Understand worldliness is a way of blurring our vision. Number, number, number four is bitterness. Bitterness is a way of blurring our vision. See, Naomi and her family, and I want you to hear me, uh, in, in the book of Ruth, uh, the small book of Ruth, we meet a woman who lost her perspective to bitterness. Who was that? That was Naomi. And her family, they left their land to go to the land of Moab. Uh, those of us who are familiar with the story, they know that they were, uh, it was there that she buried a husband and her two sons. And when she did not return home, she was greeted by those of her home, a uh, town who asked, is this Naomi? She did not even want to be called that name anymore, uh, but told them rather, call me Myra. Simply means bitter. Things in life uh, oftentimes will not always go the way we seem they should go or will not be as fair. I'm, I grew up African-American. 
Oftentimes, when I think of the history of my people, I say to the Lord, Lord, this is unfair. It doesn't seem right how the wealth gap between white individuals and black individuals are so widely vast that an un uneducated white man will have more wealth than the highest educated black man starting out in life. It seems to be unfair. However, watch this. If you allow that to stop or block you, bitterness begins to set in. And when bitterness sets in, it will keep you from moving into the place where you need to be. Bitterness is often a, a thing that, that the enemy uses when it comes to even the spiritual relationships. There are some times that when people don't do what you want them to do, you become bitter against them. And instead of obeying and serving, I have found this out to be firsthand. As a pastor who loves the Lord, who, who, who is serious about serving the people of God, I've often been, been in situations where people have wanted me to be this way or to do this or to do this at that time or do that at this time. And because I serve an audience of one, because I obey God first and not people, it don't matter what they give. I certainly will dis or refuse to follow what they want and do what God wants, and it often causes them to, ca to have rifts or issues with me. And bitterness begins to set in where they say, well, I'm leaving the church, or I'm leaving the ministry, or I'm leaving. See, bitterness will blur your vision. It will blur your perspective. And you've got to understand that when you feel yourself getting bitter, that you then begin to rebuke that spirit, take it away from you. Because oftentimes in bitterness, you will mess up a situation that God has blessed you to have. You will miss a moment that can change your entire life. Because once you get known as bitter, people will not want to deal with you. They will not want to open the door for you. They will not want to uh, uh, give a helping hand to you. Because your bitterness would have run them off. We must guard against allowing bitterness to affect our perspective. See, look at Moses. The man whom God chose to lead his people for 40 years. He illustrates now a problem of anger. Write this down. Anger is another per, uh, uh, thing that will blow your perspective. Anger. Now let me talk about this for a moment. See, God wanted Moses to show his people how he cares and provides for them. Unfortunately, Moses' perspective was blurred by his anger. See, due to the children of Israel's murmuring and all their complaining, instead of speaking to the rock, he hit the rock. Therefore, he lost the opportunity to bring God's people into the land. Everyone who has ever gone to Sunday school is familiar with the story of Jonah and his disobedience, his misdirected boat trip, being uh, swallowed by a great fish, his repentance, and eventually obedience led him to led to the repentance of the Ninevites. See, Jonah, like many Christians, was a person who had his vision blurred by prejudice. Not only do we got to be on guard against anger, but also prejudice, prejudging. See, Jonah, he was unhappy that God extended mercy to heathen people. I remember a, a story about a, a gentleman out of New York City, a pastor I had the pleasure of meeting years ago. And this pastor was a, a, a gentleman by the name of Dr. Johnny Ray Youngblood. And he's very well known in the Baptist realm. He pastors two separate churches. He's the senior pastor of two separate churches, burgeoning churches. And I remember hearing a message here. He taught 
about Jonah and the Ninevites and how he felt as an African-American pastor against white people. And he said that he had an issue with the Ninevites uh, the same way he had an issue against white people due to the fact of what, they, what they've done to him and his forefathers. He's someone who's an older pastor. He grew up inside of the 60s and the 50s where there was vast segregation and all type of disjustices and uh, ungodly things done to African-Americans. Matter of fact, even being down in Texas at this moment, I was just studying the other day, getting to know the area as we're studying the ministry, that there are, there are towns here in Texas today which are called sundown towns. Sundown towns are towns whereby if you're African American and if you're calling that town uh, beyond sundown, that means at night. You was not allowed to be there, and if you was allowed, if you were there at night, whether your car broke down or something happened, you needed gas, you ran the risk of literally being accosted, being uh, harassed by the police or, or by, by other individuals, or even lynched. To this day, there are still modern lynching, lynchings happening as it relates to people. Now, I'm trying to, I'm going somewhere with this, so follow me. I'm sharing with you how prejudice can often blur your perspective. Because many times there were people, even in KKK, who called themselves Christians and thought they were doing God a favor by afflicting uh, uh, African Americans. So Johnny Ray Youngblood preached a message about Jonah and the Ninevites. And he said, just like Jonah didn't want to preach to the Ninevites, I didn't want to preach to white folk. Because I said, God damn the white folk. This is what he said in his message. And But he then began to bring it right about around and said, just as the Ninevites was wrong against the Father, and God had grace to save them, so as the mindset of, of traditional white individuals have been wrong against African Americans, and if God chooses to save them, then I choose to allow God to be God. In essence, he had to deal with his own prejudices or his prejudging, which oftentimes will cause him to be have a blurred vision towards God. And I'm here to tell you how unhappy that is, how when God, how unhappy we can be, rather, when God extends mercy to heathen people. Today, that prejudice may, prejudice may be against homosexuals. You may feel like homosexuals are the scum of the earth. You may feel like they're wrong, they're not right, whatever the case may be. Well, that's not my argument today. My argument is, if you're prejudiced against people who don't know the way, then how can they ever know the way unless they're shown the way by the people of God? We God cannot allow prejudice to blind us. Because if we allow prejudice, we would tend to look down on others, forgetting that we ourselves were once sinners. And perhaps having a different set of sins, and will judge people unworthily of the gospel due to prejudice, a prejudice perspective. So you've got to deal with prejudice. What are your prejudices as it relates to women, as it relates to men, as it relates to young people, as it relates to old people, as it relates to black, white, Hispanic, whatever the case may be? What are your prejudices? Prejudices is a way of blurring your vision. And nextly, nextly, as we move further along, then we look at stress. Write that word down, stress. Stress is something that the medical community often warns of, knowing its detrimental effect on the body and the mind. 
but it can greatly affect our perspective as well. In the book of Exodus, we see God's great deliverance of his people from Egypt. They had been led out towards the Red Sea and were exactly where God wanted them. Yet when they lifted up their eyes and saw Egyptians pursuing them, they lost sight of all that God had done for them. And Moses told them to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. We too must not allow stressful situations to determine the way we view God in our circumstances. We must not allow stressful situations to determine how we see God in our circumstances. Stress is another of what a thing to blur your perspective. King Solomon's son Rehoboam illustrates also how a perspective can be blurred by peer pressure. See, Rehoboam eventually lost the United Kingdom due to listening to prideful, immature influencers around him, whom God was using to accomplish his will. He ignored the older, wiser counsel for younger men that had grown up with him. As Christians, we must be sure that, that those we allow to influence us are walking with the Lord and living according to his commandments. We must be sure that they're living according to principles that produce results, and they're not keeping us bound by their blindness. And many times, we are not keeping the precious things of God dear to us like we should. And we see this evidence in the life of Eli, as his eyes begin to wax dim. See, Eli, he, as he got older, he allowed the lamp of God to go out in the temple. His selling eyesight, his selling perspective, kept him from the command of God that the lamp will always be burning. See, when we backslide away from God, we fail to see the commands of God as a precious thing that require our attention and our devotion. The Apostle Peter exhorts us uh, in, in his second letter to add to your faith. He then proceeds with a list of seven things that should not be in us, but abounding in us. He warns that if we lack these things, we are blind and cannot see afar off. He, 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 however, he warns us also about a perspective being blurred due to our stagnant Christianity. The last thing I'm going to give you as we get ready to close out our teaching today is stagnant Christianity can blur your perspective. As a recap, I shared with you how, how anger, how peer pressure, how stress, how bitterness, how worldliness, how disobedience and discouragement are things to blow your perspective, things that you need to change. We add to that list stagnant Christianity. And as we get ready to close out, I want you to understand that it is God's desire for us to be growing and developing in our Christian life on a daily basis. That there's no place to stop and rest. I'm going to say it again. There is no place to stop and rest in your Christian walk. We must begin, uh, we must be constantly growing and desiring more from our relation with God. Or else we will grow stagnant and we'll lose the perspective of the things of God. We see in Mark that the Lord touches the man who had been blind again. Now he was no longer blind. He no longer saw men as trees, but he had beautiful vision. He saw every man clearly. 
it should be our desire as Christians to get to the point of life that we see all things clearly. And God can bless us with this type of perspective. If we're willing to spend more time with him, one touch gave him, gave him his vision back, but it was not perfect. Obviously, the more time we spend with the Lord, the more time we're plugging in to the teachings of the better life, whether it's morning devotion, or whether it's Wednesday lunchtime with God, or whether it's going to a community gathering, whatever it is, the more we spend time in that perspective, the more we begin to grow in our relationship with God, therefore begin to believe that all things are possible to them that believe. We do this by spending time in the Word. James, the Apostle James, exhorts us not to just look unto God's Word, but to continue therein. We must be as faithful to fast and pray and seek God's faith on a continual basis. See, we often run to others when we're looking for help. We run to others when we're trying to deal with a situation, when the first thing we should be doing is we should be getting to a place of meditation and prayer. And God, through meditation, will give us an enlightened perspective that then when we talk to others, we receive confirmation instead of just direction. Today, there's a growing problem in the body of Christ where people are running to the wrong individuals. They're running to prophets that all the prophets do is P-R-O-F-I-T, prophet, because they're speaking things into your life that you think you need to hear, no different than running to a soothsayer, no different than running to a person who's reading your palms, a person who's a tarot card reader. No, we got to go to God that when we talk to spiritual leaders and spiritual people, they can give us confirmation of what the Lord first has said in us. Now, don't mistake that for you coming to, coming to a point of view and then only listening to people who point of view sound like yours. That's different. You know it's God when it lines up with his word. And I'm here to tell somebody as I get it in code. We must be willing as well as David was to confess our sins and to ask for forgiveness. David said, my sin is ever before me. Now understand as we close out, confession of sin will remove its blinding effects and give us a fresh, renewed perspective of the things of God. When we learn, when we look at David's life, and what we learn from the life of Daniel, the power of predetermined conviction, we should, de we should determine by the grace of God that there are some things that are fixed, that are formed, that are non-negotiable in our Christian lives. We must not wait until we're in a bad situation, as Daniel or the Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who were in the fiery furnace. We must then determine what our perspective is going to be now. And God, uh, uh, God will give us his godly, unchanging conviction, which will enable us to see clearly, even in difficult times. Because I'm here to tell you, as Christians, when we have a godly perspective, and when we strive to see things clearly, it doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't even matter what you go through. You still will believe God in spite of your situation. And I'm here to tell you, your perspective in life is so important to your breakthrough. It's so important to your victory. As we close out, write this scripture down. I'm going to give you a few scriptures from the Word. That's going to help you define and develop your perspective. Because we got to be people 
that determines for God I live and for God I'll die. And even if it means at the point of death, we're not changing our perspective. God's way will be our way. If God wants us to be blessed, if God's way is wealth, we're not settling for poverty. We're not settling for bad credit reports or people telling us we can't do, we can't have because we're not this color or that color. We're going to see things from God's perspective. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And I want you to understand Romans 8, 18 says it this way. Listen to this. Romans the 8th chapter, the 18th verse. Watch what the scripture says. For I recognize that the sufferings of this present time is not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. In essence, the sufferings of what you're going through now is not compared to the glory that shall come. So when you change your perspective, you're not looking at how hard it is now. You're looking at the glory that is going to come. You're speaking over your life. It's going to get better. You're speaking over your finances. I'm going to have more than ever before. You're speaking over every situation you've encountered to know that your life will become better because better is the end of a thing from the beginning. When we look at 2 Corinthians 4 and 18, I'm reading this from the English Standard Version. Watch what the scripture says. As we look not at the things which are seen, but unto the things which are unseen. For the things that are seen are temporal, and the things that are unseen are eternal. I'm here to tell you, saints of God, people of the Most High, that there is a level of living that is beyond what you see in the natural. That you alone have the ability to create the life you want to live based upon your belief, based upon the power of your subconscious. You are able to create your experience. It's not what people give you. It's not what life has dealt you. It's what you choose to experience that will become. And because you won't hear this traditionally in traditional preaching, this is why you've got to change your perspective to see everything that Jesus spoke in the life of the believer was always abundant. It was always victory. It was always freedom. It was always a, a, a next level. It was never settling for where you are. And if you're at the point where you find yourself in a predicament where you have to settle where you are, you need to change your perspective by seeing things the way God sees them. Romans 8.28 closes out and says this way, And we know that all things work together for good for those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. My point is this. If you, will you change your perspective, then you know that somehow, some way, what you are going through now is going to work out for your good. You may not always understand it. You may not always get it, but I'm here to tell somebody and reinforce to you that your latter is going to be greater than your former, that what's coming is going to be better than what's been. And if you get that, if you understand that, if you embrace that, then you will no longer be the victim. You will move in victory. For Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord, plans of peace and prosperity, not of evil, but to give you a future and an expected end. There is a place that God expects us to end up at. And that place is you becoming better, having greater victory. You be, be walking in your freedom, no longer bound, 
no longer issued, but you having every good and perfect gift that comes from above. That's the perspective we have to have. And as you begin to fight against the spirit of stagnant Christianity, the spirit of peer pressure, the spirit of stress, fight against the spirit of anger, bitterness, worldliness, disobedience, discouragement. As you begin to fight against these things that alter your perspective, you're going to begin to see things clearly. Every day you arrive, you're going to arrive happy, excited, and joyous about the good and the greatest things of God. And I'm here to tell you as we close out right now, because I'm over my time, that God is getting ready to do something inside of you that is greater and beyond anything you can ever imagine. He's getting ready to do it. Matter of fact, he's already done it. You're getting ready to see it, the Lord says. I've already done it for you. I've already made the way. I already have the position. I already have the business waiting. The investment is waiting for you. I already have the things in place. I'm just waiting for you to see it the way I see it. To see it that your marriage can become better. It's not over. To see it the way that your life can turn around. You're not bitter. To see it differently than you ever saw it before. As you begin to change your perspective, God is going to give you the ability to change your situation. Because remember, he never changes it without first changing you. Because if he can change you, you then in return will change it. And I just believe tonight, no matter where you are, just lift your hands. I believe at this moment, God want to change you. He want to change what you've been experiencing. He want to change what you've been going through. He want to change how you've been speaking. It's over. Stop saying it's over and say it's going to get better. It's going to get better. When you begin to believe that, deep down in your spirit, then your inner world is what then begins to create your outer world. And I'm here to tell you, your life can become better. Your things can turn around, and things can become greater, better than ever, because I'm determined to change my perspective. 2019, I'm changing everything, even my perspective. And as you begin to change your perspective, seeing it the way God sees it for you, I've given you the word of the Lord. I've shown you, I've shown you from the word of God how different people's lives was uh, 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 impacted or stagnant based upon their perspective. It's time for you to believe that if you can see it the way God sees it, do it the way God requires it to be done, then victory should be your experience. How many of you are ready to walk in victory today? How many of you are ready for this year to be the year that your wealth unlocks? This to be the year your wealth is released upon you. It's already done. God is only waiting for you to believe. That's why one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, Mark eleven twenty four, says, Whatsoever you desire when you pray, believe that you already received it, and you shall have it. Believe that it has already happened, and it will become. See, many people miss the fact that you have to believe it's already done for it to take place and root in your life. And whether you're listening to this live or recording of this teaching, God wanted me to give you this word to tell you that if you will start seeing it the way I see it, then you will have what I promise you. If you see it the way I see it, then you will have what I promise you. It's time to change your perspective.
Do you receive God's word today? If you receive God's word today, go ahead and give God the biggest praise you can give him. Come on, put your hands together right now and thank the Lord. Come on, thank God. Put your hands together and give God some praise. Thank him for all that he, you are. It's because the Lord has done it for you. And he's doing it within you. And as you, as we help you change your perspective, we know that you're going to see a greater good of God like never before. Are you ready for it? Are you ready for it? Are you ready for it? If you're ready for it, let's allow the Spirit of the Lord to move like never before in our lives. As we get ready to close out, we never close out our time together without giving you an opportunity to be a blessing unto the Lord. If you were blessed by today's teaching, as you were blessed by the insight that what's going wrong in your life is not the end of your life. It is a time for you to refocus your perspective, that you don't see it half empty, you see it half full, and it getting better beyond that. God says, even in the area of your finances, I'm going to do something miraculous in the time to come, but I need you to believe me. I need you to stand with me. I need you to trust in the Lord and lean not unto your own understanding. I know you might be saying, well, God, how are you going to do it? I don't have enough. Little becomes much when you put it in the master's hand. And when you can put it and release it into the kingdom of God through ministries like Better Life, God then is in covenant with you to increase you and to bless you. And I want to challenge you, those of you who can, that three persons the Lord told me to challenge to give a $200 seed. Two is the number of agreements. Two is the number of agreements. If you're here today, I want you to sow a $200 seed unto Better Life, the movement. How can I do that, Pastor? It's very simple. Number one, you can go to our website, betterlifeseeker.com, and click on Donate Now. That's betterlifeseeker.com. Click on Donate Now, and you can pick any one of those ways to give. Or number two, if you have Cash App, you can give by Cash App by going to our cash tag, which is a dollar sign, one word, better life increase. No spaces, one word, better life increase, of, 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 and, the, and the dollar sign. If you go to the cash app, put in the cash.me slash the dollar sign, better life increase, you can give that way. Another way you can give is you can give by way of, of, of texting. Text your amount. If you're one of those that I'm challenging, there's three persons the Lord showed me. As I was in meditation for this time, three persons to give a $200 seed. Who are you? Where are you? I want you to obey God. Everyone else, get as close to that as you can. If $2 is close to that, as you're able to at this moment, don't lie against, uh, on God. Don't lie before the Lord. Come on. God says, I'm going to bless those who give because I'm about to open your eyes to see things differently. You're about to see opportunities that was always right before you. But you've never seen them. you never recognized them. God says, I'm giving you the insight to recognize them this time. I'm going to help you change your perspective as you change your position. And as you become a generous giver to the kingdom of God. And there's no better ground than good ground like better life for movement. Because lives are being changed. People are being reached. And, and, and situations are, are being transformed all because of your commitment and your giving to this ministry. And we thank God for it. So if you're one of those ones that give a $200 seed and you know who you are, obey God. If you're one of those ones that give as close to that, 
if $20 is close to that, then you sell that. But don't walk away from here doing nothing. Why? Because you're changing your perspective. And God is giving you greater, better than ever. He's doing it in you. So let him do it in you. Amen. As we get ready to give, again, you know the ways you can give. If you're on group me, if you're not on group me and you want to be on group me to stay up to date on what this ministry is doing, what's happening, you can certainly do that by visiting, uh, by going to pastoralblue at gmail.com and letting me know that you want to be on a group me. And we will give you the instructions on how you can be a part of hearing all that we're doing and being a part of all that's being done. Amen. And we thank God for each you, 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 and you. Well, listen, I'm over my time. I'm over my time. Wow, more than I anticipated. So I'm getting ready to close out. But I'm going to pray over your giving. And as you release that before the Lord, expect in the next 48 hours, I hear the Lord say, 48 hours, expect a transformational change. That's right. Things are about to change in 48 hours. I hear God say it. I would never say it if God didn't say it. But that's what I hear the Lord saying. Every person who sows a seed, 48 hours, you're going to see a miracle being manifested in your life. As God does only what he does, because he's God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you today for giving us this moment, this time, for blessing us with the ability to see your truth. We thank you, God, that you are increasing into us all the good that you would. And I pray, oh God, that you are causing your anointing to flow like never before. Now, Father, allow the betterment to be our reality. And as we release the seed into this ministry, whether we're one of the three to give a $200 seed or anybody who's getting as close to that as they can, Father, we sow this with anticipation of the good that's getting ready to happen in our lives. And, Lord God, we don't look at our life as being over. We don't look at what we have as being it. We look at things as being just begun because we are determined to change our perspective. And, Father, I bless you for all that you're going to do because we're doing it in you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray and we give you the glory. Amen, amen, and yes again, amen. All right, saints of the Most High, we bless God for you. We thank God for you. And I pray that this word has been a blessing to you. God bless you all. Have a great day, everyone. And we look forward to talking to you again on next week. And tonight, join us at one of our community gatherings nationwide as we are leading you in learning the word that you can grow in your relationship with God. Well, your vision can be clear because your perspective has been changed. God bless you all. Have a great day. And please bless one another before you get off the line. Bless one another before you get off the line by pressing star six. God bless you, everyone. Hashtag, I'm changing everything. Everyone on this line, have a marvelous rest of the afternoon and the evening. Be blessed. I am changing everything. Perspective, anger, everything. As God said, we need to, and I believe it, and I am changing everything. Hashtag. Be blessed, everyone.
We would like to thank you for tuning in to Better Life Ology Radio Broadcast with A.O. Blue, produced by Better Life Media. We trust that you have been blessed by today's teaching. Please let us know at pastorALblue at gmail.com. For more information and to obtain a copy of today's broadcast, please visit www.betterlifeseeker.com. Just click the tab that says more, then shop. Thank you for spending time with this ministry. To discover the tools and techniques to build your better life now, we would like to you to give a donation to support the ministry. You can text any amount to 407-456-7300. Again, you can text any amount to 407-456-7300. Or you can go to www.betterlifeseeker.com. Click on Donate Now where you can give through Cash App or PayPal online. Every gift is a gift that helps us to lead people to better. We bless you, we love you, and want you to always remember God created your life, but it's up to you to create the level of your living. And we, the Better Life Spiritual Community, can help. See you again next time on Better Life Ology Radio Broadcast, where it's already getting better.